Welcome to King of Glory Lutheran Church Education Podcast. We are a Christian community of faith located in Williamsburg, Virginia. For more information, please visit us on the web at kogva.org. We're his children. He has has invested everything in us. Did you know that? How did he do that? He created us. He redeems us. And what? He sanctifies us. On Reformation Sunday, if we don't talk about those three things, we've missed everything, right? In that sense. So, so think about this, all right? And I don't think we have to go into small groups to do this, but the reality is, in our lives, we do try to bargain with God. Don't we? I will do this. Right? Um, When I went to visit uh, Phil yesterday, I know he's had many, many visits to hospitals as a patient. Mm -hmm. And I had to sit there and say to him, I have never spent a night in the hospital. Which is an amazing thing. All right? That's an amazing thing when you think about it. Uh, But the reality is, we don't know. Everyone's different, right? And every one of us at different times in our life is going to face things that, that we have little control over. Maybe our, our style of life before will we'll judge that. But the reality is we don't know. But what can we be assured of? Assured of? God is with us. All right? Emmanuel, God with us. I will be with you always. All right? It's never, I'll be with you if you. All right? He says, I'm there. Whether you recognize me or not, to me, that's a great comfort. So, uh, our God is so amazing. All right? But, uh, so let's take a look at uh, talking God off the ledge. We have... Two little stories. I need a couple people to help me with this. All right. I, I need someone who has a nice uh, uh, stentorian voice to be God. <laughs> Come on. I can do that. You could. Do, you can do that. Can you? All know God was a man. And then I need a really wonderful uh, sonorous woman's voice to be our 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 narr- narrator. All right, your your lines are really tough. Your lines are all they're all marked out for you. And then <coughs> this was the plan. I'm going to be Father Abraham, because I have many sons. And many sons has Father Abraham, and I am one of them, so are you. So let's all praise the Lord. All right? Folks, it's the last week. What up with us, all right? All right? So, uh, let's, let's begin. Whoever has the first yellow, you're up. Then the Lord said... Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? Abraham will surely become a great and proud nation, and all nations on earth will be blessed through him. For I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. Then the Lord said, The outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great, as the sin is so grievous, that I will go down and see if what they have done is as bad as the outcry that has reached me. If not, I will know. The men turned away and went toward Sodom, but Abraham remained standing before the Lord. 
Then Abraham approached him and said, Will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? What if there are 50 righteous people in the city? Will you really sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of the 50 righteous people in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to kill the righteous with the wicked, treating the righteous and the wicked alike. Far be it from you. Will not the judge of all the earth do right? The Lord said, If I find 50 righteous people in the city of Sodom, I will spare the whole place for their sake. Then Abraham spoke up again. Now that I have been so bold as to speak to the Lord, though I am nothing but dust and ashes, what if the number of the righteous people is five less than 50? Will you destroy the whole city for lack of five people? If I find 45 there, he said, I will not destroy it. Once again, he spoke to him. What if only 40 are found there? (laughs) He said, For the sake of 40, I will not do it. Then he said, May the Lord not be angry, but let me speak. What if only 30 can be found there? He answered, I will not do it if I find 30 there. Abraham said, Now that I have been so bold as to speak to the Lord, what if only 20 can be found there? He said, For the sake of 20, I will not destroy it. Then he said, May the Lord God not be angry. But let me speak just once more. What if only ten can be found? He answered. All right. For the sake of ten, I will not destroy it. When the Lord had finished speaking with Abraham, he left. And Abraham returned home. Wow. Thank you. Can you put yourself in this place? Have you ever done this? Have you ever tried to bargain with God? You're shaking your head, James. How did that go for you? I love such a ball. (laughs) (laughs) Should we bargain with God? The quietest this group has been. That's a deep thought. Well, yeah, yeah, it is, and not so, not so uh, jolly, right? To me, the thing that that comes to me is, it's not like he doesn't know what you're thinking or what's in your head. So you might as well own up and pray about it. I will go so far as to say the closest that I've ever come is the car bargaining, dealing thing of, you know, I literally prayed this to God, you don't have to do it for everybody, you just have to do it for me. And you're trying to... So, for the past 15 years I've been getting that back from Jesus, you know how he is. You don't have to do it for everybody. You just have to do it for me. And, and not in a bad way, because he did actually do what I was praying about, but it's turned into this hymn over and over again. You don't have to do this for everybody. You just have to do it for me. But it's not like he doesn't know what you're thinking or what you sure. what you want or what's in, in, your, yeah. in your mind. So you might as well not try to hide that part of you. But we try. We try. <clears throat> because that's the that's the, uh, the, the the tension that we have in our lives, right? Uh, passage, the good that I would do, that I do not do, all right? And what that which I should not do, that is what I do do, falls in Romans 8. Uh, the, I think it's 8, is it? 7, 8. The old brain is going. But the reality is, we will try and bargain with God. Right? Now, does God listen to us? Sure he does. Good. But the reality in the end is what? 
God will do what is best for us in the long run. Right? So that, that challenge is there for us to understand. Yes, God says, come to me. Come to me. I, 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 he's got big ears. All right? But he's got even a bigger heart for what? For his people. And he looks at us and he says how precious that we all are in God's sight. Uh, think about that. Did, did, how many of you have children? Did, you have, did they ever try to bargain with you? Yeah, so how'd that go for you? How'd that go for them? So when you were kids, did you ever... I, I think we can remember that, right? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> did you ever try to bargain with oh, your parents? Sure. sure we did. It's, it's, part of our, it's a part of our being to try and get the situation to the way we want it. And yet, in the end, who's responsible totally for the whole situation? God. Right? Why? He's God. All right? And we're his children. Right? So that doesn't mean everything's going to go the way we want it to go. So sometimes we could call bargaining even praying, right? Uh, I had a woman in, in, in our congregation, she said, Pastor, I, I don't know if I can really keep praying like I have been. I said, Audrey, why not? She says, because I think I'm a guinea girl. I said, a guinea girl? She said, yeah. I keep saying to God, God, give me this, give me that, give me this, give me that. And I, and I went back to her and I said, Audrey, I think you should keep doing that. Doesn't mean what? That God's going to give me what I ask for all the time. How, how, how are all of us doing here with that? Right? Did we get everything we've asked for? No. But has God granted us things that we need? In times when we need something? And we didn't ask for them. Yeah. And, and more than... He gave us what we didn't think we needed, but he knows what? What we do need. So, you know, I, I don't think we should ever stop going to God, asking God, and God will say, how does God answer prayers, by the way? There's three ways. Yes? No? Right. How do you do with those? If it's something I want, I want the answer to be what? Yes. yes. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Lord, give me patience right now. Yeah. That's us. All right? That's who we are. All right? In the second part, you know, sometimes we can accept the no's, right? Uh, we kind of knew that wouldn't be good for us, so maybe. The hardest for us is what? Waiting. Waiting. We don't like to wait, right? You know, you're, you're at that red light, and you know you're going to be late. So you don't want to wait till that turns to green. We've got to get out of here and do it, all right? Or the next thing that we have to do. So here we have this with, with Abraham, and this bargaining with God, all right, with, over Sodom and Gomorrah. Would, would you save it for this many, and this many, and this many? Well, the reality is what happened at Sodom and Gomorrah? There was anybody. There was probably a few, two. Two. Right? And, and, and so God went ahead with the plan, all right? Which is hard for us to understand, too, all right? Give me another chance. Anybody ever say that? We say it all the time, don't we? Just one more chance. How about your kids? Did you ever give your kids just one more chance? I mean, you give your grandkids as many chances as you possibly can. <laughs> it's different than with your kids, right? But if you think about it in our own lives, how many chances has God given to us? Many, many. many, yeah, many. We can't even keep track of them, right? God is there for us. God says, hey, come to me. God listens. God, God has big ears. And he hears our prayers. God hears the prayers of his people. God says, come to me. Sometimes do we do that? Sometimes we do. Sometimes what? Well, that's too big for God. I've heard people say that. God could never do this one. Are you sure about that? Are you sure about that? 
So we've, we've got this, this constant bargaining in our lives, and I like to think, you know, we think that we can change everything on our own. In reality, God is ultimately saying to us what? I got you covered. I got you in the palm of my hand. I look at you and I see someone precious. I look at you and I see someone that I love. Not because what? Not because you're perfect. But because you're mine. Is that a comforting thought for us? I hope it is. Alright? Because that's that's the that's the joy that we have, alright? I flip on hearing you. So, what would you like to bargain with God to change? What would you What would your bargaining chip be so that you God would flip the situation? We got the Genesis eighteen. This is a little okay. Let's say you find five righteous people and also some really good animals. All right. The angels are coming. <laughs> wow. David. Um, it's certainly um, possible to um, ask for something from God without bargaining. Oh, absolutely. But we tend to want to bargain, though, right? That should be our goal. That should be our goal. Well, what does the scripture say? Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For he who does not ask or he who does not seek. You know, God says, come to me. Right? So, you know, I, I think we have to be people that are willing to say, God, I need this. Right? Doesn't mean it's something we always really do need. But we think. So, uh, and, and the response here, Abram really pushes it. <laughs> when you think about that, isn't that kind of true? Isn't that sort of hilarious? Well, if how about this many? Well, if you don't have that, well, how about this many? How many times? How many times can we do this? And I think we can keep going to God. All right. We don't know how that's all going to play out. And that's probably good. The second story is in Numbers chapter 14. All right, can we turn to Numbers 14? Sorry, we stole those. Yeah, I steal. Numbers 14. congregation raised a loud cry and the people wept that night and all the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron the whole congregation said to them would that we had died in the land of Egypt or would that we had died in this wilderness why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword our wives and our little ones will become a prey would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt and they said to one another, let us choose a leader and go back to Egypt. All right. Is that kind of hilarious? What, what was the cry of the people in, in captivity? 
Let my people go. All right? Get us get us out of this place. You know, what is it? We gotta get out of this place. But it's the last. Go back to Egypt. It's one of those things. Everybody has something that like pushes their buttons that makes them really angry. And with the Lord, that's one because you get that after the fall of Jerusalem. It's like, well, let's go back to Egypt. And he's like, don't go back to Egypt. And they're like, no, we have to. And it's the same. We have to. See what happens to people, and it happened to the people of Israel. They were taken to Egypt, all right? They found it wasn't so good, right? It was pretty bad. They kept saying to God, hey, get us out of this place. Take us back. But what? Then all of a sudden, now, after, and and they wandered for 40 years, you do wonder why nobody went to AAA there. (laughs) All right? To find that route. But why did it take them 40 years? God's plan, and they were kind of an ornery people, right? They they wanted to they were they were Sinatra before Sinatra. I'm not going to do it my way. We don't want God's way. God delivered them. When you think about even the delivery of the people out of slavery, it's pretty amazing, right? Parting the waters, they all go through. They get out, all right, and and. God says, I'll provide everything for you. And what did the people do? They mumbled and they grumbled. And the longer they mumbled and they grumbled, what? The longer the journey got. All right? Hey, why don't we go back to the flesh pots of Egypt where we, you know, well, it wasn't so good, but what about this? All right? So, here in, in Numbers, right at the beginning of this chapter, the people are a rebellious people. Now, we kind of chuckle at that. Who are the rebellious people today? <laughs> Not you, Elaine, right? You, you just kind of say, hey, I, I'm fine. Tom, Tom, you're just, you know, you're just... But we all do that at times, don't we? We all want to do it the way we think it should be done, and yet God says, I want to take care of you. When you think about it, God said, you're not going to have to worry about, I'll provide you with food, all right? I'll provide you with what you need along the way. Just realize what? That it's me that's helping you out. Well, what happened with the people? They weren't very patient. And And it cost them their time, didn't it? Right. So God, you're giving us food, but you know what? You know, I, I don't want Burger King every day. Yeah. I want what I want. I want what I want. God provides what? Manna? Mm-hmm. You know? They didn't have to worry about it. It's gonna be there. Alright? God was with them. Remember how in that in that whole journey, mm-hmm. God was along with them? How? Yeah, the pillar of cloud by day and fire by night and God said I'm in your presence they, they had built, put the tabernacle up every day when you think about that think you would have wanted done that you move your, however many miles that you move and then you got to put up the tabernacle to remind people that God is present with us that God is providing for us well let's let's go back let's go back does that sound like us Is that somewhat hilarious? Yes, it is. But God said what? I'm not going to leave you. I got your back. Right? And they would try and, well, what about if we would? So let's keep going. Verses uh, 5 through 9 in Numbers 14. Who's got that? Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the people of Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes and said to all the congregation of the people of Israel, The land which we pass through to spy it out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. 
Only do not rebel against the Lord, and do not fear the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their protection is removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Right, so there are words, all right, of people, uh, by people among them, of encouragement, all right? What's the response? Verse 10. Who's got that? 10 and... Then all the congregation said to stone them with stones. But the glory of the Lord appeared at that tent, at the tent of meeting to all the people of Israel. All right, keep going. And the Lord said to Moses, How long will this people despise me? And how long will they not believe in me, in spite of all the signs that I have done among them? I will strike them with the pestilence and disinherit them, and I will make of you a nation greater and, a might, and mightier than they. Okay. So in the midst of this, God makes a promise to them, right? You guys are going to be okay. I'm not leaving you out there to dry, right? I'll make you into a nation greater and stronger than they. That's a pretty good promise, isn't it? What they didn't understand, that didn't mean that they were gonna, he was going to make them into what? A power in the world without a leader who was going to be with them all the time. Right? That leader is who? God, and then Jesus in the flesh, ultimately. Right? 13. Moses said to the Lord, Then the Egyptians will hear about it. By your power you brought these people up from among them, and they will tell the inhabitants of this land about it. They have already heard that you, O Lord, are with these people, and that you, O Lord, have, uh, have been seen face to face, that your cloud stays over them, that you go before them in a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. If you put these people to death all at one time, the nations who have heard this report about you will say, the Lord was not able to bring these people into the land he promised them, you know, so he slaughtered them in the desert. Right? Not a lot of hope there, right? Right? But God says, I have forgiven them as you asked. Nevertheless, as surely as I live, and as surely as the glory of the Lord fills the whole earth, not one of the men who saw my glory and the miraculous signs that performed in Egypt and in the desert, but who disobeyed me and tested me ten times, right? Not one of them will ever see the land I promised them an oath to their forefathers. So part of the reason that, that the, the journey was so long was what? There was the cleansing. Yeah. All right? So not even Moses would enter the promised land. So a whole new generation of people, all right, who had not been in Israel before were going to inherit this. It's, it's kind of an interesting concept, isn't it? Uh, a new beginning. So that so Moses, you know, he keeps bargaining a little bit with God, right? And in the end, what does God say to Moses? You're not going in either. You know, Moses sees the promised land, right? From across the river. But he doesn't go. He doesn't go. He's not there. So, what does that say about the character of God? Surprising sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes we don't... Understand. I'd like to say, probably most days I don't understand... Mm -hmm. If you look at things going on in our world today, if we look at things that are going on in the church today, I, sometimes I scratch my head and I say, how, did, how have we gotten there? What has happened in this, in this society, in this world that we live in, that has gotten us to this point? But the, the calming factor is what? God is still in control. Right? But we as human beings, in response to what we see going on, sometimes say what? Wow. God's really in control? With all this going on? Yeah. Yeah. And we might start to bargain with God, you've got to do a better deal, because it's not the way I think it should be. Right? And, and that's a struggle that we have. That's the tension that's there, all right? in our own lives, all right? So we try to talk God off the ledge, all right? But the character of God is what? 
What is the character of God in all this? And what does that mean, Linda? Yeah. Did he ever give up on the people of Israel? No. Do you think you might have given up on them? I think I might have. Right? Do we give up on things in our lives when it perhaps doesn't seem to be going the way we think it ought to be going? Sure we do. Right? That tension's always going to be there in our lives. Uh, You know, I I, I think in terms of the church, you know, how how people sometimes, well, I just can't have anything to do with the church anymore. It's just not doing what I think it should be doing. But isn't the church constantly going to be challenged in everything that we do? Yeah. In the society in which you and I live today? And, And in so many ways, it probably isn't a lot different than this. But we see it differently. First time I've ever thought of it, Peter telling Jesus, this should not happen to you, you should not go to Jerusalem to die. It's the same thing. And to me, this is the connection that I got was, there you go again. I've heard this from you people before. There you go again. I thought, you know, once out that that's part of what Jesus is going through when he says, Get thee behind me, Satan. Not because he's lost his temper, it's it it's the right answer, but there's also that you said this to me before, you're saying it to me again. This is not going the way you want it to go. You don't like this. This is what I'm gonna do, and, and you're trying to talk me down off the ledge. It, Frustration that he puts up with all of us constantly, not just those guys, but Peter. And you think Peter's, and he did things none of us can do. But still, there's that. Oh no, you're mistaken. I got to, I got to talk you out of this. So why does God put up with us? Why doesn't God just say, "Enough, let's do it"? Well, His love, but also it's a mystery. Yeah. It is a mystery. We're not going to answer that question, right? Right. When when you think even about the concept of the Reformation, right? What's resulted in the Reformation is moving from what was considered it wasn't exactly the one holy Catholic Church, right? To all the denominationalism that we have and the unwillingness of people to talk with one another. Right? I, I think about that even with Lutherans. <laughs> you know, we every little you know, every little town had four or five you know, I, I probably told this story. Little rural Wisconsin City, you come to the, the main street stoplight, you're like, Oh, hey, there's a Lutheran church over there. Oh, there's another Lutheran church. Oh, there's another one there and there's another one there. Four for four. You get big bucks if you're in the major leagues and you get four for four. But you know what? They didn't talk to one another. Still don't. Still don't. All right? Some of it was language, but some of it was just, hey, we are who we are. Did God intend for that to be the way the church would be? I don't think so. All right? All right? Denominationalism? Did God intend to nominate? We know absolutely for sure that there was only to be one denomination in the world. The Lutheran Church was very <laughs> Now, if you believe that, you're in a fairy world, fairy tale world, all right? But the reality is that that's the thought, or you have to be Catholic. Uh, did you see the hilarious thing that, that the Pope has said they will have married priests? Did you hear that? No, no. this morning. Yeah, where? Argentina. South America in rare places, but only there. I'm going, what? Does this make any sense? No. Yeah, but it was, they, it was already married men that became priests after they were married. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. But, but even that was not allowed for so long. I'm thinking, wow. What, is, what does that mean? You know, 
I think he maybe thinks he can't, you know, maybe he's going slowly with this group. He's got a, this is a step. <laughs> I don't know. But, but the ridiculousness is in the, church, out. in the church itself, too. Yeah. We, we go through that. Right. You know, in the Lutheran church, one of the hilarious things is who can serve communion? Mm-hmm. Right? Who can serve communion? The one who serves it, it doesn't really matter, does it? Luther said the devil himself could serve communion. It's not the server, it's how you receive what, what God offers to us. Right? But that, that battle keeps continues to go on. Oh, get off my soapbox. I think of what occurs to these two reading is it's hilarious. You want to go back to Egypt, Pastor Billy, let me Moses and Aaron said his funny but his sad, his sad they fell to their knees and tore their garments and, you know and then they talked to God about it he was sure thank you brother yeah. but that happens to us we want we want something and then they say that's sad to look back and say, that is sad that we even thought of that. Yeah. But that's the condition that we're in, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, that's the condition of you know, people uh, that are that are caught in in our own sinfulness and our unwillingness to number one admit that at times. Like uh, some of you read the men's breakfast yesterday, right? And we talked about the confession, you know so often that, that traditional confession which we kind of used this morning I a poor miserable sinner now come on God Elaine Rubella a miserable sinner that's a, no holy no there are times when I just wanted to stop in the middle of that and say to our people so how do you really believe you're a poor miserable sinner today right so, you know, compare to Elizabeth, I'm not so bad. <laughs> Did you know that? Yeah. But, but don't we do that? You know, I'm not like. But in the eyes of God, what? Sin is what? Sin. Sin. Right? Right? Sin is sin. So there's some, you know, so this if-then clause. If I do this, then you do that. <clears throat> Right? If I don't do this, then you can't do that. Or is that part of our life? It is part of our life. And that was part of the life throughout the scripture. Because or therefore. Alright? How do we then approach God? Oh, I'm sorry, Dave, I'm sorry. I mean, is it fair to summarize that um, if you have a need, you can ask God for help. But if you turn it into a bargain, that's wrong. Yeah. Well, yes, I would say yes to that. I mean, God, I'll do this if you do that. That's a bargain. Yeah. All right. God does this purely what? Purely out of finally divine goodness or mercy. What do we say? Without any merit or worthiness on my part. To avoid the bargain, we could say, Lord, I think I need this, but you know best. Well, isn't that what we pray in the Lord's Prayer? Not my will, but thy will be done. Right? And yet, very often, our thought is what? God, this is really important for me. Right? It's got to be that way. Right? And we start... This bargaining, right? We started the bargaining. How, how do we then approach God, right? This Abraham, you know, uh, this Moses, how about 50, 40, 30 righteous people? Uh, then will you, when will you spare Sodom? Because, therefore, because God in Christ Jesus has what? Has redeemed us. Therefore, I will serve and obey him. 
Right? It's not because I do this that I serve, but because what? We've been redeemed. Right? What, what we do has to be based upon not what we will get from it, but what has already been given to us. Do you ever think of yourself as that? The receiver of the richness of God's grace and mercy and love? The receiver of God's forgiveness? Right? How many of us, when we confess our sins and we think about it, and I think sometimes we don't give people enough time to do that, I, I never understand why when pastor says, your sins are forgiven, why there isn't a big sigh in the church. <laughs> you just, yeah, or an applause. A burden, the burden of your sin has been removed. Now, think about that in terms of how we confess our sins then too. Carol, and then... We have a son-in-law who says that is wrong for a pastor to stand up there and say, your sins are forgiven. Really? He does not have the right to do that. And that can be a stumbling block. We Lutherans know what that means, the authority. But for people who are visiting, it it can be a stumbling block. Hmm. Why, 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 Why do you think he thinks that? Because God, if, if he said God has forgiven you, but yeah. I, the under the authority I have, I forgive you. Okay. Uh, I mean, it's just words, but it, it can be a stumbling block. I, I think in, in many ways we qualify that uh, in the stead, mm-hmm. I announce the grace of God unto you, and in his stead and by his command, maybe we should say your sins are forgiven. Instead of putting the I in yes, that might be a better. That's a good point. That's, thank you for sharing that. That's a good point. Uh, but I wonder too. Here again, in, in all of our lives, in our confession of, of things to God, do we just let it go to God? I mean, there's there's something good about this corporate confession, right? That we do. But I can remember people coming to me and saying, Pastor, I need to come in and make confession to you over things. And I would be open to doing that. I would say, you have to do this. But sometimes they need to just pour out their hearts, all right? And then my response to them, in the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven, all right? It's not me forgiving, all right? It's me announcing God's grace to people, all right? And, and then usually laying my hands on them and praying with them that, that they understand that God is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and always abounding in steadfast love. Because that is what God, that is who God is, right? God is love. Out of, purely out of bodily divine goodness or, or uh and mercy without any merit or worthiness on our part. This is where, where Lutherans, and many times, we talk about the Holy Spirit, but we don't live with that. All right? All right? Uh, even in terms of our own faith journey. Luther's, Luther's explanation to the third article is a very powerful I believe that I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, or come to him. But he's called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified me, made me holy, and kept me in the one true faith, even as he calls, gathers, and enlightens the whole Christian church on earth. And notice, Luther said, not the whole Lutheran church. He didn't like Lutherans. He liked Christians, right? Uh, so, in, in our lives, we, we've got that challenge, all right? Uh, Phil, where are you? Help me. All right. If then, because therefore, is that how we approach God? Is that how you approach God? Let's take uh, John first. I don't want to jump too far ahead here, but to me, the takeaway is when you're going to bargain with God, you're already starting me there, whatever. You bargain like a little child with the parent. Yeah. 
it's not a business deal. It's not a, I got something you want and I cannot give it to you because you aren't doing what I want you to do. It's I'm coming to my parent, my father, and I'm, I'm bargaining, but it's the little child who has no power bargaining with the parent who has all the power. Yeah. But as my children would bargain with me, the one thing that was always true was I listened to them purely out of my love for them. And that's what God does for us. How do we then approach God? If then, many situations in the Old Testament, it is, if you, if I do, then, then will you? Will you spare this? All right? Because, therefore, because God and Christ has redeemed me, therefore, what? I will serve and obey him. The result of his redemption is how we respond to that. All right? Is that how we respond? I, I'm forgiven. I've been restored. I've made, been made a new creation. Therefore, what? It's my duty, my responsibility to serve and obey Him. If you, God, do this for me, then I will do this for you. Right? Wow. How's that? God already has done for us all that we need to have done. How do we respond to that? If you, God, help me to win that lottery, then I will. <laughs> I've heard people say that. Pastor, if I win the lottery, you know, I'll pay for that $22 million expansion that we're going to have. <laughs> St. Hereticus by the gas pump in Lower Podunk Junction, Iowa. All right? That's what we do, though. All right? We, we kind of do this. I, I thought, Tim, you wasn't that his name of Fiddler? Yeah, yeah. I always remember what he said. Finally, he said, Would it destroy so vast eternal plan if I were a wealthy man? <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what Phil had in mind, but I think most of us who have reached the age of 22, that's everybody in this room, we have dripping noses sometimes, right? I don't know about you. Uh, Chip, flip, and drip. Yeah, chip, flip, and drip. <laughs> You're on for next week, Jeff. All right. Uh, Jeff is marked the judge of the law, then you'll have to read that um, and do it. Some snapshots. God, if you get me back to shore, I'll give you everything I owe. Well, okay, 50% of everything. Well, so how about 10%? Plus, I'll do some community volunteer work. All right. That's what we do, all right, sometimes, all right. So, there was this one from our old Sunday school song, all right, that we learned the first couple weeks. This, this little verse goes this way. Jonah was an immigrant, so goes the Bible tale. He took a steerage passage on a transatlantic whale. But Jonah didn't like it, though the service was the best, so he pressed the little button and the whale did the right <laughs> I love that little song. So many verses to remember, right? Uh, so we gotta laugh. You know, Jonah and the whale, that's kind of a fishy story. Uh, a whale on the tail. A whale on the tail. I saw how you tried to flip that from what Chip said. Alright, did Jonah make a bargain with God in chapter 2? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right? So we're going to kind of window all that. Do you think God lets you plea bargain? I worry more about your mom. I worry more about your mom. I don't know where Phil gets all this. Amazing. I'd change his name to Grace. Right? So it would be amazing, Grace. Um, uh, then this is this familiar hymn. That we that we uh, so often sing. Do we think about this? All right, let's sing it. Not the labor of my hands can fulfill my lost demands. Could my zeal a respite know? Could my tears forever flow? All for sin could not atone. Thou must say.
these we'll do them. How, how are we doing with those? We're not doing so good with the commandments, right? All right? And but a covenant of divine commitment, which is God's covenant with us, is to say what? I'm committed to you. You're my children. Right? And God's divine commitment came in what? In the incarnation of Jesus his life, his suffering, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, and his being the one in charge of everything. All of that, why? It's that simple, folks. All right? And sometimes we make it much more difficult than that. My one last thought. We tend to sometimes put so much emphasis on... Uh, Sinai and the Ten Commandments. Oh, sorry about that. All right. <laughs> what Sinai does is it obligates us. What Jesus did in his covenant is he liberates us. He liberates us from sin, death, and the grave and offers to us the gift of life and salvation for eternity. To me, that's a comforting thought. That's not hilarious. That's true. That's something we can rejoice in. And hilarity is a part of rejoicing. So, on behalf of Phil, or Flip, and the little guy, Chip, thank you for putting up with us for these past four weeks. Hopefully you've learned a few things. Uh, he and I have learned a lot just doing this. And let me tell you, that man is amazing. <laughs> He's just amazing. So we pray that he gets better quickly. And uh, we'll see you all in Bible class next week with whatever's going on next. I have no Go in peace and serve the Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the King of Glory Church Education Podcast. Our mission is to connect to God and His people, grow in faith and love, and live through service and sharing. Visit us on the web at kogva.org. 